You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Broadway's original Aladdin, Adam Jacobs, showed us a whole new world eight times a week. He stormed the barricades as Marius in Les Miserables, and soon he'll be letting us behind the curtain with his new documentary. When we come back, Adam Jacobs will be burying it all with Call Me Adam about Broadway, movies, and so much more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Adam Jacobs. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm good. It's Adam Square today. It's so nice to talk to another Adam. Uh, it, it, it is. It's great. It's great, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you because um, I watched your documentary this weekend, Behind the Curtain, and yeah. it's fantastic. I love, it reminded me a lot of um, the way it's filmed. It reminded me a lot of Madonna's Truth or Dare, uh, <laughs> the way you go from performance to talking behind the scenes about life. Um, like you say, behind the curtain of, of musical theater. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but let's start with, I love starting my interviews off with this question. X amount of years from now, when someone mentions Adam Jacobs, what do you hope people say about you? Oh, boy. Well, I hope they say that he was, um, you know, really great to work with. I think that's kind of the one thing that I, take pride in is that I've, I've sort of had a career where, um, you know, uh, my, I feel like reputation is, is important in this business, you know, and, and you want to be the type of person that's, that's positive and people want to work with. And, and I've been very fortunate to have played some fantastic roles in my career and, and I don't take things for granted. So I want people to be like, oh yeah, he was a talented performer and really great to work with. And, um, you know, that, that's that's kind of the basics there, right? <laughs> that's That would be a wonderful way to be remembered. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And you've played a lot of iconic roles. I mean, you originated Aladdin on Broadway, like I mentioned. You played Marius in uh, Les Mis. Um, yeah. uh, I, and... could also be, I could also be the shirtless guy, because, you know, since Mamma Mia, <laughs> I was Sky and Mamma Mia, then straight to... Uh, Simba then to Aladdin so they're they, they might be like oh yeah Adam Jacobs he's always he's always naked on stage I don't yes know. he's always bearing it all right Adam exactly exactly see now people aren't going to know which Adam is bearing it all <laughs> <laughs> exactly um with your with your documentary behind the curtain now this was actually a um an evening you had at Vitello's in Los Angeles yeah so the the docu concert we like to call it docu concert by okay the way. I don't, I didn't coin that phrase. My producer <laughs> likes to call it that. So um, my co-producer, I should say. And so, um, yeah, so that was filmed in, like almost a couple of years ago now in Vitello's uh, in Los Angeles. Um, and I was actually there filming another project of his, Bruce Reisman's, uh Last Call in the Doghouse, which is a film also coming out uh, pretty soon. So these two these two big projects coming out pretty soon is I'm very excited about. Yes, you have both of these coming out almost simultaneously. Right. Um, so um, let's first tackle uh, the docu concert. Yeah. Um, so in in the docu concert, um, 
it shows you performing, but then it also shows you talking, telling stories of behind the scenes. So, um, I mean, some of the some of the stories you tell um, about show mishaps, um, mm-hmm. and uh, but I want to know is because uh, you talk about a mishap in Aladdin on tour. Uh, uh-huh. It was opening night where like the set uh, wasn't completely together, and they were telling you like, don't jump across the top of the um, oh yeah yeah. Pencils. Uh, but you did it anyway. I did. Um, I, I was a bad boy. I did. <laughs> and then it, I know you also mentioned the one in Les Mis where the set started to like come unattached and it was starting to slide down the stage and you jumped off. Yep. Um, <laughs> did you get injured from that? I, I didn't. I, and I don't know how I didn't because well, actually I think I had like bruises on my heels because it, uh-huh. it was about oh, 10 feet that I jumped off from the top of the gate down to the deck um and you know i was wearing those old marius shoes (laughs) and uh, don't have too much support in there but um yeah so that i've had some some close calls for sure (laughs) now are there besides those two are there any is is there any like bigger stage mishaps that happened to you or um is there something from from mama mia or the lion king that you can um tell us about yeah let me think um i mean yeah, Mamma Mia, we've had, I remember walking around in those flippers. Um, when you're first getting used to them, they're very hard to to figure out. And I just remember biting it so like so many times, trying to dance, you know, like in, in, in that show. Um, it always comes down to like the footwear for me, I think. I don't know. <laughs> uh, in Simba, as Simba, you know, I had to do, and when you first come in as as Simba and you swing in on the vine and you land and you're singing your Miss No Worries, you know, right? And, and mm-hmm. you're doing your cartwheel while while singing an A and into your double turn, like all of that. Um, I would always like my my shoes would stick on the stage, and then like I would like twist my knee or something a little bit. And so it's always like I'm always so conscious about like <laughs> I got to make sure my my shoes are good. You know, it's so silly. Have you ever broken anything from any of those mishaps or knock on wood? I have not, but I, I would say my biggest mishap that ever happened on stage was during a tech rehearsal for Zorro in Atlanta. It was, it was the world premiere, actually the U S premiere of that show. Cause they did it on the West end Yeah, and brought it here. And I was playing Zorro and during rehearsal, a, um, a pyrotechnic flash pot in the stage went off and it went up. And I was over it because I, they, they fired it at the wrong time. And I got a, like this really nasty second degree burn on my hand. And I had to miss like I had to miss the first tech rehearsals and previews. And I was so upset about that. But that was also the same time that I got my call to play Aladdin first in Toronto and then on Broadway. So like the, the producer wow. they called me while I'm like in my hotel room ba- with my hand all bandaged, you know, um, <laughs> And they tell me I'm going to be playing Aladdin, and I'm like, "Yay! Ow, <laughs> ow, ow!" Yeah. So, oh my gosh, that's incredible. So, what? Um, oh, it's, I mean, speaking of a of Aladdin, um, what what do you? How do you want Aladdin? Because you, you not only did you originate it on Broadway, but you also played it on tour, um, and like you just mentioned in Toronto. How how do you want? Aladdin to fit into your legacy of work when people think of you? I mean, what do we want them to remember about you about Aladdin? Or what do you want them to know that uh, we might not know? 
Well, I, I just am so, I just feel so lucky that I got to play this role, right? And whenever they think of me and my career, it's so weird, like we're talking about way in the future, right? Um, but, <laughs> yes. And and we're going to, you know, I want people to, to, to know me as Aladdin. I'm very proud, obviously, to have played Aladdin. And I will always be known as the guy who, who played Aladdin. And I'm totally cool with that, you know, and and because I, I love that character. And, and I think um, I, I don't have, you know, people talk about like, or do you do you worry about feeling pigeonholed or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just don't. I, I really don't. I feel like, you know, I'm going to wear this role um, through my whole life as something that's amazing. And um and I, and I have no no problem with that. I will work for Disney for the rest of my life if I'm given the opportunity, you know? Yes. Now, also, I, um, your sister, Ariel Jacobs, played Jasmine in Aladdin. Yes. Have you and your sister ever talked about wanting to be in a show together? Or is there a show that you and your sister want to want to do together? Well, I wish they wrote more musicals with brothers and sisters. You know, there just aren't that mm. many, right? Um, yeah. I mean... We did create our own like cabaret show. We called it Sibling Disobedience and <laughs> it like, our whole lives. And it was a huge hit at 54 Below. And we did it in San Francisco. And I would love to do that again with her, actually. Ariel, if you're listening, we should do that. Um, but um, in terms of like a book show, there's there's just not a lot out there. I feel like maybe maybe Ariel and I just have to, you know, go ahead and write something that we can both star in that that would work for us <laughs> or yeah. you know we commission somebody out there who, who wants to take up that project during quarantine you are you know you're welcome to do it that would be that would be incredible so anybody listening if you could write a brother and sister show write it and star adam and ariel yes we will yeah. do it that would be incredible now who started um who started first in the business? Was it you or your sister? It was actually my sister who started singing and performing before I did. Um, I was, you know, it was around, you know, you know, I was 13 or no, a little bit younger than that. Like 12, 11 to 13 is where we kind of like were doing these performances around San Francisco. She was part of this group. I should go back. She was part of this group called Razzle Dazzle Kids and and she said, do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, I don't know. And I, I joined it. And um, because I liked, I thought the girls were cute. That was kind of the main reason. <laughs> and we performed and I started taking lessons then. But up until then, I've been doing sports and piano. Um, and so, but that was my first part, first time really performing was with that, that group around San Francisco. Uh, so she takes credit for my career. <laughs> Now, speaking of of cute girls uh, in in the documentary behind the curtain, you do talk about um, showmances, uh, uh -huh. which is romances between cast members for anybody who doesn't know that. And uh, you actually met your wife, uh, which you talk about in the docu concert um, that you actually met together um, in a show. Um, are there any other uh, showmances you had prior to meeting your wife? Oh yeah, yeah. I had showmances uh, before that. I mean, they they just never end well. I mean, that's that's the thing with those those things is people people who are in the business will know that you know they they can start out so intense, right? Because you you are mm -hmm. forced to be with these people backstage 
and you're in the same space, some, you know, dressing in front of each other or whatever. And, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, uh, you know, you, you, sometimes you need space and, and <laughs> I don't know, it, it, it's really intense and then it could blow up really quickly and it could be really bad for everybody else in the cast. And I've just, mm-hmm. seen it, I've seen it happen. I've been in it and it's just not, it's not fun. I mean, it's, it can, it can be fun. Like when you're on the road and you're touring and you're sneaking into each other's hotel rooms and stuff like that, but you know, it's, but but those, they, they, they never seem to end well, it seems. I don't know. But at least with my wife, I was lucky uh, to have met her. You know, we met kind of early on in our careers and, mm-hmm. and um, fell in love. And miraculously, we were able to, to keep together, and which is saying something in this business. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Adam Jacobs. Priceline presents... Go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. Hey everyone, my name is Adam Jacobs, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. We're back. You are a father as well. That's right. And you actually, you're, you're, uh, is it twins you have? Yeah, twin boys. Twin boys, and they were, they were born uh, on the, it was what, the first day of the opening night of Aladdin? Rehearsals. Yes. So, um, so here you are, I mean, you're getting ready to star on Broadway in Aladdin and your, your twin boys are born and being a new father, I mean, you hardly get any sleep rehearsing for a Broadway show. I'm sure you don't get a lot of sleep. I mean, how did you manage, uh, all of that? How did you keep your energy up? Because Aladdin's a very demanding role. Oh, it's super demanding. And I I have to thank my mother-in-law because she flew in and stayed with us for about a month. The very first month she helped out with, uh, with taking care of the, of the twins. And, you know, my, my mother, I'm sorry, my, my wife is just, she's been such a great mother. She's been like just a pillar from the beginning. Like, we, we had this agreement, like she knew that I couldn't be able to perform at my top level unless I was able to get my sleep and, 
And mm-hmm. so we, we got help where we could, you know, from her family, from my family. Um, and we kind of spread it out, you know, and, and tried and made it work, but it was, it was tough. And, and I know the producers were a bit nervous <laughs> when, <laughs> when they were bored and, and, um, but again, they trusted me and they, they, they were supportive and, and it worked out. We had a hit. Yes. Yes. A very big hit. In fact. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did, um, uh, now were you able to be there when they were born or, or were you like literally in rehearsal? No. So it happened in the, in like two in the morning. Right. So, oh, okay. So she, you know, I think her water broke around midnight and then the whole ordeal was about 25 hours <laughs> later. Wow. Yeah. So we were there like the whole day into the next day. And, uh, and, and my rehearsal was supposed to be, I think 10, that 10 AM and they were born around 2 AM. Uh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, there was no way I was going to make that rehearsal. And, and I think I, I heard stories from other people in the cast, um, you know, Casey Nicola in the, in the rehearsal room was like, so Adam Jacobs isn't here because his wife just gave birth to twins. And everyone's like, woo. Uh, and they worked on Arabian Nights. And so I didn't need to be there. They, they worked around my, my, uh, my absence there. That's really great. Yeah. That's really great. And what was the hardest part of that time between starring in the Broadway show and, you know, being a new father? Uh, what do you think, what was the most challenging part for you? I think just m- the mental shift that kind of had to happen every day mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like I'm, I'm being a father at home, changing dirty diapers, and then I'm going to this theater and starring in this gigantic Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Um, and just those two worlds, they're so different from each other. Um, and they were all both new to me at the same time, right? Whole yes. new world. Whole new worlds, plural. (laughs) And I had to really try to juggle that and 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 not get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were times where I'm like, "Whew, am I going to be able to do this?" But um, like I said, I was lucky to have support from from my wife's family and on and from the Disney side as from the theater side as well. So uh, we we made it. We made it through. Yes. Well, that's great. That's great. And what's something you you want to pass on to your children, or you hope gets passed on to them about you or your um, you know your integrity or something? Yeah, I, I want them to recognize hard work. I mean, that's probably the big one there. I want I want them to to know that if you want to get something, you, you're going to have to work hard and put in the time, and and it, and things don't happen right away. You know, like. When I graduated from college, I didn't go straight to Broadway. It's, it's that sort of thing where it's like you, you need to um, trust yourself and work hard, and and eventually you, you can do it. And and I'm and if they want to go into musical theater, um, God help them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I will I will do what I can to to help them there. They are very musical. They they love singing. Um, I, I know Alex has said he may want to start learning electric guitar. They're really into classic rock. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? We might have the next, uh, you know, who who are the 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 brother musicians? Oh, like the Osmond brothers. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the Osmonds are uh-huh. the the modern version of that. Oh, um, like the Jonas Brothers. Or... Yeah, that's the yeah, one. I yeah. Jonas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm still stuck in the, you know, I'm still like in the, the, 
seventies <laughs> time frame. But yes, I do no, know. The I love Donnie. I met Don, I met Donnie backstage. He's awesome. Oh and wow! It's funny. A lot of the reviews when I was on the tour, they were like, you know, this this Adam Jacobs. He's got the Donnie Osmond smile. Or I was I was actually compared to Donnie Osmond. I wow. think I counted it. I counted it in the in the reviews. I think it's like four times they mentioned him and me together, just because people watching it, they they, they thought I re- reminded them of him. So I just have to say a shout out to him. Thank you uh, for uh, paving the way for me. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, what an honor to be compared to such an icon. Exactly. Exactly. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, now, an- another aspect of the of the docu concert that i that i loved um is when you talk about your uh mixed heritage and how there were times that um you know you would go for a role and they would say you know you're either to this um or you're not enough of this um heritage i mean when, when you hear that i mean how does that make you feel and how to how do you continue to to move forward to audition when you hear things like that yeah, I mean it's it's discouraging. It takes the wind out of your sails when you hear something like that. I mean, it's one thing to be like you're just not right for the role, mm-hmm. but then but then for to to kind of get that extra thing of like, well, you're not you're not you're not what we had in mind in terms of of what this role should be. Um, it, it, they're saying it within the race paradigm, or or it, it just it rubs me the wrong way, and yeah. and. Um, you know, as it would for anybody, I think, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, growing up, so uh, having, uh, being multi-ethnic, uh, it was hard to know where, where you fit in, in the business. And, um, and I found more often than not, you kind of have to change people's minds in these auditions because they have a certain idea of what they want it to be. And, and then, so you're kind of working at a disadvantage because you're having to, to change their minds and to impress them to the point where like, Oh yeah, well, we can totally do it this way, you know, and, and it will be better. Right. So you really have to be on top of your game to be able to, to try and change people's minds as opposed to just having them be open-minded to begin with. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's always been kind of a struggle and, you know, even to this day, it's like, I mean, at least, at least there's roles being written now, like even just this past couple of weeks there, I've seen auditions for specifically Filipino Americans. And I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you. Great. Right. You know? Yes. Um, yes. So that, that's the kind of thing that there's progress that's happening, but um, I, I could go on and on on this particular subject <laughs> and, and, I, and I want to take up all your time, but um, yeah, I, I really, I, I'm really happy that you know, small steps are being made, but it, it was it was tough for a while. And and I've been fortunate to sort of turn my disadvantage into an advantage and play a wide variety of roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but at the same time, it's like we need to we need to be better. Yes, yes. Is is there a role um, that that you got that you were just so proud of um, that you got cast in? Well, besides Aladdin, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that that's that one kind of takes the cake in terms of, of being cast in a role that you've always loved and, and wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Simba as well was definitely a huge coup for me because that was a role I wanted for so many years. And I mm-hmm. tried for so many years to get that. 
Um, and I, and I, and it had, it took time. I had to grow into the role and, and, and it took, I had to sort of slowly change their minds. <laughs> We're talking about changing people's minds again, but um, have them see what I could do and, and have them trust my work and, and, and give me the shot and give me the chance. And I'm so, you know, grateful they did. Yeah. And I mean, you got to be in two mega hit Disney shows. I yeah, mean, it's exactly. incredible. No, I, I think yeah, I'm the only guy who's been able to do Simba and Aladdin. Uh, um, you know, it's it's pretty uh, an amazing, amazing thing. That Yeah. I, yeah. Let's just move into talking about your upcoming uh, film, Last Call in the Doghouse. Um, so uh, what can you tell us about this film? And because um, uh, I know from the from the DocuConcert, you talk about how excited you are to move into film and TV. Yeah. So uh what can you what can you tell us about the the process like of making the movie as compared to mounting a Broadway show? Sure, sure. Um, so I'm I'm very happy to be part of Last Call in the Doghouse. The film, I'll just t- quickly tell you, it's it's sort of I, I like to describe it as like have you seen Touched by an Angel? Yes. Um, so there's sort of that element and a little bit of you know Twilight Zone sci-fi element where. Uh-huh. You know, we're we're helping people. I'm I'm part of a family that's um, sort of omniscient, I'll say, without giving too much away. Okay. And, um, and I'm playing a character. Uh, I'm a bartender. I'm a brother. I'm an adopted part of the family, and we help people. We people come into the bar at last call, and we do what we can to help them. That's that's the basic idea. Um, and when I read the pilot, I was like, oh, this is a great idea, and. So I, I was really excited to try something, you know, different in terms of creating because, you know, I've done a lot of, of Broadway shows and, and but I've never really tackled something of this nature. And so trying to to figure out how to do it was really exciting. And I had a great director, Bruce, and um, he, you know, really helped us, gave us the room to, to figure it out and to breathe and, and to create this beautiful film. And. Um, you know, it's it, he. It, we thought it came out so well that he's decided to write two more, two more uh, to make it like a trilogy. Um, so, you know, after this one comes out, the next one will be uh, in Dog We Trust. Um, if you'll if you'll understand, Dog backwards is God. So, yeah, a hint as to what what's going on in in the in the movie. So. Um, yeah, so he's going to do that and then another one. So it, it's this cool project and um, and I get to play piano and sing and part of it. I get to show a lot of different levels and um, it was it was cool. It was a, it was a really fun process and and I'm, I'm glad I did it. That's awesome. What was the biggest challenge for you um, in filming the, the movie as opposed to um, preparing for a Broadway show? Like what, what, did, what was the biggest thing you had to adapt to on a film set? I think just uh, the pace, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I had been on a couple film sets, but I've never done like a feature like this where, um, you know, you have to kind of prepare for your role and, and sometimes you're shooting out of order mm-hmm. and uh, you're on look, we were on this crazy location in California, like up in the hills. Um, we were kind of all over the place. And mm-hmm. so, but that, that made it fun. That made it really exciting. You know, we we're just like on this dude ranch shooting and it's all muddy and it, you know, <laughs> dirty and um 
so it, it was really exciting to, to try and to be performing and trying to create in these, um, these different environments, really. That was, that was the coolest part. That's awesome. Yeah. We are unfortunately out of time for today's episode. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Adam Jacobs NYC on Instagram or Twitter, um, or you on my website, adamjacobs.net. Great. And everybody listening, um, Adam's film, uh, Adam's docu, docu film, docu concert. I have to get the terminology right. Docu concert, uh, behind the curtain, uh, is coming out around the end of April. And also, uh, last call in the doghouse also has around that end of April timeframe. Um, that's what we're looking. So yes. So, uh, just keep an eye out on Adam's social media and his website for the final announcements and we can't wait to see it. And, uh, remember here at the Broadway podcast network, we have thousands of hours of theater and art related podcasts and download our brand new mobile app. So you can listen to all our podcasts on the go and keep listening. The second part of our conversation where we talk about lessons learned will be released soon. So stay tuned. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, lived for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash call me Adam NYC. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite swag. 